0: Thank you for tuning in to SNC Adventures Talk It Out. My name is Paige and I'm here today with Annika. Hey everybody, I'm Annika. <laughs> so Annika, where did you
1: study abroad? I studied abroad last fall, fall of 2018 in Toledo,
0: Spain. And what was your experience like in terms of where did you stay? What kind of classes did you take? Those types of things. I stayed with the homestay family, not homestead.
1: (laughs) Um, And I, in Toledo, most of the St. Norbert students live with the homestay. Mm -hmm. And there were quite a few students in my program who stayed in our institution in Spain. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved staying with, I had a host mom and a host dad named Mm -hmm. Maripi and David. Mm -hmm. And they had two cats and no kids. (laughs) So Uh I was like their child. Cute. And I lived um, pretty close to my home institution, mm-hmm. and, you know, the walk was like a walk through eighteen the 1800s, or oh. the night, maybe even the 20th century, just it's cobblestone everywhere, and mm-hmm. you see all the, even on my way, I see, like, two different historic sites in Toledo, and it was just beautiful, mm-hmm. and I guess transitioning to my classes. I love them. Mm-hmm. I took five. I even took an economics class in oh, Spanish. Wow. <laughs> all my classes were in, in Spanish, uh-huh. and we spoke, and um, it was you know written and spoken everything in Spanish. Mm-hmm. My institution, um, we kind of signed an agreement that said we couldn't speak any English mm. all of the semester, and if that they heard us speaking English, that we would be reprimanded. We were. <laughs> <laughs> but... I spoke mostly Spanish the entire semester, Mm -hmm. give or take. Maybe some. I traveled a lot as well. Okay. And the English speaking countries I traveled to, I obviously did not speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I took a couple literature and history courses and then an economics course. Mm -hmm. And I can say it was a challenge, Mm -hmm. especially the economics learning, because I. You know, I, I, um, you all don't know, but Paige knows, I'm a biology and Spanish major, so nowhere in there fits econ or business, <laughs> but it was quite an exciting semester, even courses-wise. Like, I was excited to go to class every day. Mm-hmm. I had the easiest commute. It was only like a 10-minute walk. Nice. And some people had farther, but I. it was such an opportunity even to walk through the history of Toledo every day. Mm-hmm. Even in heels, if they got stuck in the
0: cobblestone.
1: <laughs> People are very high in fashion in Spain. Uh. Very much so. I couldn't leave the house without my host mom being like, well, why aren't you wearing any makeup? Oh, or, really? Why are, that's what you're going in? Even like <laughs> if we were going to get bread or like fruit <laughs> or anything, she'd be like, well come on now, (laughs) where's your lipstick, where's your eyeliner,
0: (laughs) so I wear heels a lot, which was, (laughs) we still made it, (laughs) that's awesome, so what was that like, trying to acclimate to speaking Spanish 24-7? Um... So, before my
1: semester started, I actually did a backpacking trip, uh, a pilgrimage called El Camino de Santiago, before I left. So, Uh I'd been speaking Spanish for about three and a half weeks before I actually started my semester, Mm -hmm. and so getting acclimated to the Spanish speaking all the time Mm -hmm. was really difficult. I mean, I even had three weeks, I think, ahead of most people, and I still was like... My head hurt every day. You went to bed and you were like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to make it? Mm -hmm. Especially in the classes because um, I think I'm used to a wide variety of accents of various professors that I've had in the past. Some have been from South America, someone had most of their education in Spain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all my professors had accents from different places. So I had mm-hmm. one who grew up in um, Argentina, Argentina,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and her accent was a mix of Spanish and Argentinian, and I just could not, it was mm-hmm. my one of my politics class, and I just could not understand at mm. first. And I, like, I was too embarrassed to ask a question in class at first and I really would highlight that it's important that if you don't know words (laughs) say that you don't know words because Mm -hmm. at first I tried just to listen and think oh if I just keep hearing it I'll understand (laughs) it I'll Uh learn it kind of like osmosis (laughs) through the air Yeah, but it wasn't that way Mm -hmm. and so getting acclimated took a couple weeks but then one day you wake up and you realize that for instance, in my situation, I woke up one like three weeks in and I went to brunch and church with my host mom and her, her mom and mm-hmm. her um, nieces, and I remember being able to speak perfectly. And... <laughs> Not, per- not perfectly, but I remember being able to hold a conversation of, yeah. ha- of higher thinking, not just, you know, how are you, what's the weather like, the kind of thing you say in an awkward turnaround. <laughs> it was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I just remember smiling that whole time. And my, my host grandma was like, wow, you're really improving. I, I can tell in the last few weeks, because I met the whole family of both sides of my host mom and host dad mm-hmm. by like the first weekend. Oh, Wow. And so it was really quite quite a thing once you realize, oh my gosh, I'm speaking Spanish and I don't sound like I'm forcing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's gotta be quite an accomplishment. (laughs) It's it's been a goal of mine since I was probably like ten, to be bilingual. Uh And being ten because I had a lot of um, I moved when I was in elementary school from mm-hmm. Pittsburgh to Wisconsin. In Pittsburgh, okay, they make you take a secondary language mm-hmm. from the age of, like, kindergarten up. And mm-hmm. I was in that school until about third grade. Mm-hmm. And so I remember having a lot of bilingual friends mm-hmm. who were already in my school. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first big words I learned. And I, <laughs> ever since then, said, I want to be bilingual, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. once you reach it, it's just something totally different than when you just say, I want to be bilingual versus I learned that being bilingual meant so much more than just being able to speak the language. It means you can communicate on a whole nother level. You can communicate with other people, but you almost communicate with life. Mm. You communicate on like a different level. You learn a different culture. You become acclimated to how how, wherever you're living, the people are. The Spanish mm-hmm. are very forward.
0: I was going to say, what, what were some of the cultural differences you experienced living uh, in Spain or while you traveled? In Spain,
1: uh, the mm-hmm. cultural differences, well, for one, here in the States, ordering a coffee, one of the simplest things, on El Camino, while I was there, we I always went and got coffee. Mm-hmm. Their coffee, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> and their little um, tapas or something where mm-hmm. you get, like, small dishes, Mm-hmm. Though I love that. I got those every day on El Camino because it was like our source of food because mm-hmm. you just had little restaurants along the way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were like markets. It wasn't like there was a grocery store here, like a convenience store. There was literally like like a wood block and <laughs> there was this dude in it who was saying, hi, would you like, you know, ham, this ham leg <laughs> and a bit, I, you know, I could have bought a big chunk of meat or like this. <laughs> Apple That looked kind of not so good at some point, so coffee was like a staple. <laughs> and ordering a coffee in the States, we say, hi, may I please have blah and blah. Mm-hmm. If you say that in translated in Spanish in Spain, mm-hmm. they'll answer in, a, in this manner of translation, well, you can have a coffee, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) So, in Spanish, you just say, quiero un café, and that's just like, I want a coffee, or give me a coffee. Uh It's just so forward, Mm -hmm. and they they really, it's just to the point, succinct, and I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm carrying that over. Uh That was a huge cultural difference, was like, just ordering food, or, (laughs) or talking to people, because we beat around the bush. We have this sense of, we need to be polite. Mm-hmm. And in Spain, it's just, everything's on the table. <laughs> you know, like I said, my host mom would say, is that really what you're wearing today? Yeah. Or if someone, <laughs> like, if someone got her order wrong somewhere or if something if something wasn't quite what she wanted, she'd be like, oh, es tonto, like, it's stupid. <laughs> All right, let's figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> the other cultural difference was eating times... Mm. Breakfast is basically not an actual meal. It's usually like cookies or... um, Uh Like, I when I, I would ask my host mom for fruit for breakfast, and she thought I was crazy. <laughs> and fruit was typically for dessert, and you mm-hmm. had lunch. Lunch was the biggest meal around two, mm-hmm. and it was huge. And people, <laughs> siesta is a thing. On siesta, people usually spend time with their family, uh-huh. which everyone thinks it's like a nap, mm-hmm. but my host parents would spend time with their their... Um, My host mom's mother-in-law, my host dad's mom, Mm -hmm. because she lived, they owned a cafe, and she lived near the cafe. Mm -hmm. And a couple times I went and hung out with them during siesta, but their cafe was so far from where we lived Mm. in Toledo that it was hard for them to commute, and I couldn't, there was no bus out there. So I only went a few times. Mm -hmm. But it really is um, of importance family. I Mm -hmm. think in the States too, but family in Spain, I mean... Everyone lives close to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so many, the unemployment among youth is huge in Spain Mm -hmm. because of all the different recessions that occurred Mm -hmm. in various, you know, 2008, 2010, 2012. Mm -hmm. But also because Spanish parents are reluctant to let their kids go out and work because Mm -hmm. they're like, these are my kids. I mean, there were students going to the other College that was, or the other university Mm -hmm. for Erasmus students, which is kind of like study abroad for students in different European Mm -hmm. and external countries Mm -hmm. um, from the US, apart from the US. And they, all the students who were Spanish and La Universidad de Castilla La Mancha would go home, live with their parents, their parents would make them food, their parents would like pack them food and make it for them like they were the equivalent of us in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And they would you know get money from their parents to go out and have fun or to do this and buy clothes and mm-hmm. i was i was just so amazed at how um attached and independent these students were who were my age still or older mm-hmm. on their parents and so people the family is something like revolutionary to what i'm used to mhm to like my host parents both worked but then they come home and we'd spend time together mhm Um, but my, my real, not my real, I guess, yeah, my birth parents, real parents, Mm -hmm. my United States parents worked a lot growing up. And Mm -hmm. it was just very different. We're taught to be independent and the Spanish are just, I don't know, I guess the youth are taught to love their family and Mm -hmm. to do what they can. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's hard to explain. That was a big cultural difference Mm because a lot of my Spanish friends um, would spend a lot of time at home and be like, come to my home. And at first, I, me being me, was like, oh well. I mean, what, where are they living? That why are they living so far away? And it was oh, me mama, me papa, abuelita, or someone was mm-hmm. far away. Mm-hmm. And it's because they live with their big family, like mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, tio, tia, primos,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> cousins. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty incredible to experience. Yeah. It sounds like it's, I think it's very different than a lot of families experience here. Definitely. And so it's kind of eye-opening for you to have had those experiences.
1: It was, but at the same time, I'm so happy I had them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It just makes me, when I, like, in my lifetime, change parts of what what
0: I had originally thought I wanted for my future have changed because of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do you think now that you're back at Saint Norbert? How mm-hmm. have things changed for you? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know it's a big question. Well,
1: before I left for Spain, I I was scared to t- like it, um, to take the bus in like Chicago by myself. Mm-hmm. I had grown up in the suburbs of Waukesha, Wisconsin. From the time I moved to Wisconsin, I my the school was a mile away, so I walked or I drove my car. Um, I went to St. Norbert mm-hmm. <laughs> right after, which was like moving into another <laughs> big suburban complex of
0: <laughs>
1: collegiate students and co- <laughs> it was, um, it was, I, I keep using this word, but revolutionary, mm-hmm. I found like the confidence because I, I got off a plane on August 5th 2018 with my best friend to do this big pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. And later, my mom would come visit me in Madrid and bring my big suitcase. Mm -hmm. So I had everything packed and squared away. Mm
0: -hmm. But we
1: get off the plane, and we're like... Oh my gosh! Everyone speaks Spanish now, <laughs> and I couldn't even figure out how to drive a taxi or how to get to the taxi services. Yeah, we walked around the airport for like three hours. <laughs> oh my gosh! At midnight, trying, we we had a place to stay, we had everything figured out, but somehow I couldn't figure out how to get a taxi. And Sarah's like, "Well, I hadn't, I didn't have a SIM card, a Spanish SIM card yet, and mm-hmm. I had an international plan." And me being me, I I was just anxious about everything. I was like, oh, I can't use my data. I'm going to run out, and then we're going to be stranded. (laughs) And I learned to be stranded. (laughs) I learned to be anxious and find peace in the anxiety that had once been me. Mm -hmm. I did figure out how to... I traveled, one, to Scotland and almost missed... I went and saw the Kalanish Stones, the Standing Stones, Mm -hmm. in the Northern Isles. And uh, we had to figure out how to get... 200 miles across the, the ocean to this <laughs> isle because we bought tickets to... Not bought tickets, but we bought a ferry to see the stones. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we I was doing another hiking trip, mm-hmm. and we were like, well, we still have another 40, mi- 40 miles to go, <laughs> and we have to get from A to B to the ferry to get to the stones. <laughs> and we had... Like 20 pounds left, (laughs) a backpack full of stuff, (laughs) and we were exhausted. And it's just like you just, I learned to figure it out. I Mm -hmm. learned to let the unknown be something. Mm -hmm. When you're abroad, my advice is that you have to let yourself feel that fear and overcome that anxiety, that I feel a lot of us have from being in a small town in Wisconsin mm-hmm. in the United States compared to the potential you have just to, like, be free abroad. And mm-hmm. that just... And that's... I mean that's without limits. Do whatever you whatever you can to just experience something different because mm-hmm. before I left I was nervous to take a bus where I knew the destination <laughs> <laughs> and I knew the time and I knew how much and I had enough. I used I used to go to get a coffee with someone and think is $20 going to be enough
0: for a coffee. <laughs>
1: Going from $20 for a coffee to 20 pounds left to make it through three days of a vacation. I mean, <laughs> not knowing where we'd stay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend completely doing that. You need, you, need, you need accommodation. You need to, to stay somewhere. We found yeah. a hostel for super cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really experienced it all. Never thought I would. Bed bugs, cockroaches, <laughs> rats from... <laughs> From that to I stayed in a super nice hotel one time when I traveled. We didn't realize how nice it was, and it was super cheap. Mm-hmm. But I've stayed from five-star to, like, in a, like, a literal hostel made of cardboard and tin cans <laughs> on El Camino. I stayed in, like, it was called the vegan hostel, the Green Kiss. And oh. we were late, so we were in the overflow, and we were in, like, this 18th century foundation. And oh. then they built up on it, mm-hmm. and, like cardboard tin cans there was like these wood poles but they look kind of flimsy (laughs) it was it was a vegan hostel literally made from only natural things Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like the big bad wolf was gonna come and blow it away (laughs) (laughs) and in this we and we had rats and bed bugs and cockroaches all in this hostel (laughs) and like we and I was still okay I was still happy and content yeah and previous me would have been like what is this a bird bug? Yeah. So I think I've changed most in the way that I've just learned to live. Mm-hmm. It's so you can't learn how to live, but once you do, <laughs> it's the greatest lesson you'll ever have. <laughs> and now I'm getting used to just being back here. Yeah. And not completely learning how to live anymore,
0: but continuing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, taking what I learned. There's always more to learn. Always. <laughs> always, folks. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming here and having a conversation with me today. It's been great to hear about your adventures in Spain. Thank you, Paige. <laughs> and thank you, Global Center
1: for Engagement. And I hope that you students take something away from this, a little quirky, I know. (laughs) And I hope that you guys decide to go abroad because it will change your life.
0: What happens abroad, stays abroad, unless you talk it out. If you're interested in sharing your story, contact us at studyabroad@snc.edu.